Hello, and welcome to 8 Minutes to Ageless, the podcast committed to teaching you the minimalistic approach to becoming bold and not old. On this 20-minute weekly podcast, you will learn how to care for your body and mind while spending the bare minimum amount of time to be successful. I know that life is full, so full that we tend to put our own needs on the back burner and in some cases are simply too confused to figure out what to do, so we do nothing. This podcast is designed to help you leave regrets behind and start caring for yourself no matter your age, so you can grow older and like it, and I might say even love it. My name is Dr. Kelly Pearson, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm a practicing chiropractic physician and author of 8 Minutes to Ageless. Over the past 40 years, my patients have taught me so much about what not to do that I finally just had to get this book written and podcast started. But before we begin, I want to thank all of you who read my book and keep sending me inspiring comments that you're getting your life back. That makes all the difference and makes me smile. Well, good morning. This is Dr. Kelly Pearson, and you're back again with 8 Minutes to Ageless. And I'd like to remind you that the whole point of this website is to provide a minimalistic approach to growing bold and not old, which is good news in my book. I want to start with something that happened to me yesterday when I was walking my dogs. We were in a place where there was a freedom to let the dogs roam, and I have two robust dogs, and I met up with a couple gentlemen in this moment who had a couple other crazy dogs, and they were running wildly, and as they approached us, I said, hey, 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 bend your knees, and they all looked at me like, why do you say that? I said, well, because I'm a chiropractor, and I know I've seen a lot of patients who've suffered from meniscal injuries or anterior cruciate ligament injuries because they did bend their knees and they got hit forcefully by an animal traveling too fast for their knee anatomy to withstand. And one of the guys looked at me, he said, hey, you're that author. I read about you and I have a sister who's really in a rough spot down in, in Los Angeles and really feeling sad and not being able to use her body. And I bought her the book and she really loved it so much that she bought me a book and I'm reading it now. And quite honestly, that just makes my heart sing because it's what it's all about. What if we all stayed capable and were able to walk and squat and jump and lift and bend and reach over our head well into our 90s? Well, to answer that question, for sure we would be more capable to physically participate in the world. We would be more capable of receiving more data from all our joints, our brain, could react with more intelligence from a motor perspective. I mean, how you control your muscles. And moreover, you would just stay cognitively brighter, more capable. You'd be experiencing the world at another level. So by the mere commitment to keep your body moving and not letting gravity win, we're producing a better community. We're producing a better world. And I think life is such a gift. You might as well be able to use your body all the way up till the very end. Enough said. I wanted to continue talking about the the two bounce protocol that I reference in my book, which is really 12 movements that are predicated on moving into your soft edge and then coming back out and exhale and moving into a little bit farther range of motion. And each of these motions are dedicated to a different plane of the body, front or back or side or oblique. And the first six that we've already reviewed speak a lot about the upper body and the arms as as well as the back of the spine. And today what we're going to talk about 
is the beginning of the posterior chain. And what do I mean by that? Well, the front of the body is the anterior, the back of the body is the posterior. And you can, if you were a little bug crawling all along the same tissue, you could actually get on the heel of the foot, crawl up without ever leaving any tissue, crawl up the back of the calf, the back of the knee, the back of the thigh, the back of the buttock, all the way to the spine, the back of the neck, the top of the cranium. And again, I mentioned that there have been dissections done where they pulled that out at, at a level of the tendon and ligament. It's just one tissue. It's, it's contiguous. So that when we're stretching the back of the spine, which we did in the first, in the first movement, we really were stretching the entirety of that posterior chain. And now what we're going to be doing is focusing on the hamstring, that group of muscles that starts from the buttock and goes down to the top of the leg. Its job is to bend your knee and to bring your thigh backward. It's a very strong muscle. And interestingly enough, when people have tight, tight hamstrings, they say, oh yeah, I just can't touch my toes. Oftentimes that is because they have some back pain that's making them feel vulnerable. And the hamstring will often be tight as a protective mechanism by which you cannot bend further and stress your back out. So sometimes I, I want to make, well, not sometimes, always, I want to be able to have you gain some length in your hamstring muscle without provoking back pain or without putting the back in a vulnerable position. And that's really what we're up to with this stretch. And so essentially what it looks like is you're standing, putting your hands on your waist. And again, the video is included in the show notes. You are putting, let's say your left leg out. It's, it's not bent at the knee. You're touching the ground with your heels, so your toes pointing up towards the ceiling, your hands on your hips, and you're pushing your butt backward towards whatever is behind you. And that makes the back of the leg straight and your back straight too. There's no forward bending or curving in the back where you start to challenge the back. And as you put that butt back, you'll feel a nice gentle pull from your bottom of the buttock down to the back of your femur or right up to the knee and it feels good instead of painful and then you'll do that soft bounce get into that gentle edge and then exhale and go a little bit farther and then switch legs and do the same thing on the right side this is a fun movement to do you can kind of go back and forth and pop into each position as you like but never have i found a hamstring stretch that does not hurt and never have i found a hamstring stretch that works so well because you're not getting the back involved. It kills me when I see people who are runners with their leg hiked up on a railing and their back is rounded and they're, they're doing their best to stretch their hamstrings, but it's uncomfortable and nothing is working well. Here's what's true. When you're stretching and it hurts, you are not letting go. Your body is just too smart for that. You are actually causing yourself more irritation. So take it easy and get your back out of the situation and do the hamstring work. Not only will it allow you to bend things and pick things up later on without provoking your back, you will just have a much freer gait as you're bringing your leg forward. You're going to have some length in those hamstrings. I mean, moving our leg forward is a big deal. And we find as we age, that tightness that we develop in the hamstrings and then the calf muscles and the stiffness in the ankle, that's all what causes us to shuffle. We're going to talk about more of that when we get to the basics, the minimalistic approach to walking, if you will, which quite honestly is one of my very favorite things to teach and gives people the greatest amount of joy in the shortest period of time 
which is good news. So when you are doing the hamstring stretch, remember that this should feel good. You should feel a little bit of tension in the back. It shouldn't hurt. So there you have it. One of the things I also want to talk about a little bit today is the beginning of why this hamstring, in addition to the, the rest of these five exercises I give you, is so paramount to address all of these muscles. As a human being, if you're only doing certain movements and not the other, you'll lose the ability to use the other. And if from a 10,000 foot perspective, one of the reasons we develop hip arthritis where the hip becomes so stiff and every step hurts and you end up needing to have your hip replaced is because you're not paying attention to every single muscle group that attaches in and around your hip capsule. So we have muscles in the front, we have muscles in the side, we have muscles on the inside of our thigh and the muscles in the back of our thigh. And each of these stretches that we'll be talking about next two sessions or three sessions is really predicated on how to address the hip so that all the muscles are stretched. And why that is so important is something that's not talked about very much. Actually, in the 40 years I've been a chiropractor, I only found one instructor that spoke to this with enough intelligence that really made me think completely differently about the body. But he talked about a, uh, and this gentleman was uh, Pavel Kolar from the Czech Republic, and they produce some amazing manual therapists from that country and were always really gifted when they come to this country to lecture. But um, essentially, he talks about this concept of centration. Centration is when a joint is happily positioned so that in the case of the hip, you have the femur bone and the top of the femur and it articulates or meets with the acetabulum, this kind of scooped out rounded area in the pelvis. And that little ball and socket joint should have full fluidity. It should have full freedom so that that ball should be able to roll up and roll back and roll aside and roll in. And it can then stay in the center of where it's designed to live. And we call that centration. Now understand that that centration only exists in the presence of a fully symmetrical hip muscular system. Now, let me say, some people are sadly born without the ability for that femoral head to meet happily with a rounded acetabulum. They might have a shallow acetabulum or they might have developed an osteochondral disease when they were younger and now it's roughened. And no matter what you do, that, that person likely is going to need a hip replacement. So there are some very um, rare situations where what I'm saying doesn't fit. But for 99% of people, you should be able to have that full freedom of movement in that hip as it articulates or meets with the acetabulum. And again, I'll have a picture of this particular joint for you to look at at the show notes. So my point being is if you don't have the ability to stretch and activate the muscle in the front, we call those the quadriceps, we'll get to that in a little bit, the muscles in the side, we call that the abductor, the muscle on the inside, we call those the adductors, and the muscles in the back, we call those the hamstrings. If all four of those muscles, if you will, are not being stretched or attended to and addressed every day, you will develop a pattern 
whereby that femoral head is not perfectly centrated. It's being pulled in one direction inappropriately if the muscle isn't properly stretched. And when that femoral head is not in the middle of that acetabulum, now you start developing some irritation to the lining of that joint. We call that the labrum, and then the cartilage starts to break down. And the body says, oh my goodness, we can't have that. So let's build more bone to prevent this hip from deteriorating anymore. Let's keep it stiff. And the body is just brilliant at that. It'll say, oh yeah, okay, we'll just put more bone down. And that extra bone that's being laid down is the same thing as osteoarthritis. Well, after months and years of not stretching your hip, of irritating yourself, of falling and slipping and slipping on the ice and straining the inner thigh because you almost fell but didn't quite or smash your quadricep up against a car door or something like that. We keep irritating these muscles and then we do nothing to help them become long and lengthened again. So now you've created your own mess, if you will. And that's why these stretches, if you do them every day, every day, every day, every day, will prevent you from having the situation where you go to the doctor and they say, oh my God, you're bone on bone, you need a hip replacement. What? I mean, this does happen. This does happen only in the bodies of people who do not pay attention to their body, who don't get treatment when they get hurt, who don't ever stretch their body in their full range of motion so they can't self-diagnose and go, oh my gosh, this is getting bad. I used to be able to put my pants on and bring my knee up, and now I have to sit down or even lie on a bed. That's your body saying, I'm missing something. So as we move into these other pieces of the stretches that we're going to talk about next, keep this in mind. The whole point is for you to stretch every component part of your body so that there's never a day where you can't put your arm over your head, or there's never a day you can't pull your knee up tightly to your chest, or there's never a day you can't squat down and then come back up. Because, you know, happiness is defined by a lot of different things. But from a physical perspective, movement is happy. And when my patients who have not aged well say, Kelly, aging is a you-know-what, it's because they're stiff and it hurts and they're limited and they know it and their brain knows it as well. Great. So we'll keep kind of referencing this concept of centration as it relates to other joints as well. But in essence, what we're trying to get at here is the importance of getting every part of the muscle to be stretched. Okay, so let me talk about a quick case study of somebody who had some hamstring issues and they kept stretching. They were feeling this pain in the sits bone. That's that where the ischial tuberosity actually hits the chair. It's that big bony tubers thing that you really should be sitting on when you're sitting as opposed to slouching and kind of putting all your weight on the fat pads of your or the muscle and or the fat pad of your butt, if you will, that you should actually be taking advantage of these sits bones. But people will put up with this pain in their butt for months and years sometimes because they just don't know what to do for it. And in actual fact, when they point to where they're sitting and say, God, it just really hurts right there. Oftentimes, the origin of the hamstring has gotten so much scar tissue, maybe from a fall on the butt and on the ice or something, it, you didn't do anything for it, so it got inflamed, and then that inflammation leads to the deposition of some fibrous tissue, and now instead of fluidity, you have tightness. Then the area around the sits bone starts to get stiffer, and it begins to influence some of the ligaments that are going from that area up to the sacroiliac joint in the pelvis, 
And then before you know it, you're a little achy into where you put your hand, if you were going to put it in your back pocket, you're a little achy over that area because that joint is not moving freely because it can't because the hamstring is so tight and not allowing normal movement of that leg forward. So you're going to buy it somewhere. I mean, the bottom line is if you're stiff in one area, you're going to try to buy movement in another area. And if that other area is not capable of doing the work, it's going to break down too. And that's the problem with our body and aging is that we get hurt. Oh, it's all right. I'll just live with this. But then you compensate, but you don't compensate with a good function. You compensate with substandard movement or substandard function, which ultimately starts to take away from other areas of our body. And you just can't keep robbing from one area to give to the other until which time you just run out of the ability to compensate. And sadly, that's often the time when I see patients. They come in and go, oh my God, I'm just, I feel ruined. I mean, I have a guy who came in and said, I'm wrecked. But he wasn't in a trauma. He just got to that point in life where everything was still bump on him. And it was complicated because he hadn't stretched for years and years and years because of a belief system that stretching was painful or stretching was hurtful because one time he did and it hurt. So there you go. Develop that belief system to support it. So in any event, once we got in and loosened up that fibrous tissue near the sits bone with some soft tissue work called active release, loosen that up and then mobilize his sacroiliac joint, that tissue right above it, freed that up with some gentle manipulation. Then the stretching actually was, oh, okay, and that's starting to work, starting to work. And then about three or four weeks later, that butt bone pain was gone. So you can start to see the uh, appropriateness of getting those hamstrings engaged. Fabulous. So that's a lot of good information for you to think about today. Take a look at the pictures on the show notes around what that sits bone looks like and um, where the hamstrings are located. And the video again will have all those 12 motions and you can hone in on the one we're, we're talking about today. So keep up the good work and remember, here is to growing bold and not old. In keeping with my minimalistic approach to life, I keep this podcast short and only add the most critical points, not adding fluff. So for today, we are done, but I hope you will do a few minutes of the good stuff we talked about. If you have not picked up the book, you can get it on Amazon. The website, 8minutestoageless.org, will have the show notes and any videos that I mentioned on this podcast. I thank you for spending your precious 20 minutes with me. And as always, you can reach out and contact me via the website. Remember, one day at a time, you are getting bolder and not older. I look forward to seeing you next week.